Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go there. I don't know why you haven't. Doesn't make any sense. We we talk about hashtag basketball.com every single episode, and you refuse to go if it's out of spite. Remove the hate from your heart and go to hashtag basketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, another week. I mean, we're flying through this fantasy season, just mowing it down. Week four, week four is upon us. And um, you can start to feel the, um, I mean, this might be the most boring hashtag or uh most boring line that we give out on this show but we can everything you can feel the mean reverting you can feel um players who are struggling with their shot like dame lillard coming back to life uh shay gilders alexander getting wet with it you're seeing players that you expected to be good that you probably draft in the first three rounds that you've been a little bit disappointed in kind of revert back to the mean and being a top three, uh, third, like a, a top round player. That So I, I feel like here in a couple more weeks, we're going to have a nice sample size where we can get out of small sample size theater. We can start feeling more comfortable with what we're seeing uh, from, from, from these players uh, overall. Yeah. I mean, we're getting there and, I think we we know that it's all going to come back and and even out. I did was going to ask you this question. You know, I love to start off with the question. I was going to ask you who is the highest rated per game player that still hasn't played a game yet. Who is the highest? Yeah, at the end of the season, who has the highest per game rating that still hasn't played a game yet? That hasn't played one single game. That's a great question because like that is Kyrie going to play? Because then that's the correct answer. But Pascal Siakam's coming back right now. Pascal's coming back. You got Ben Simmons out there in the in the nothingness somewhere. You Living got, uh, in the ether. Uh, you got Kawhi in the... and Jamal Murray, who at some point may return or may not. You got, I mean, there's a lot of guys. Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, I think pretty much like Kawhi and Jamal Murray, I think are I would say guaranteed to be back this season. Well, While I don't, I don't know, Kawhi tore that ACL in June, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you in might the be playoffs. right. So, I mean, normally you met. I mean, I guess you could potentially come back in nine months. That's usually about as fast as an ACL recovery gets. So that will put him back in March. Yeah, I still feel like that's early. I think Paul George, as we've seen, as we talked about, as I believe one of your bold predictions was about Paul George. Um, is tearing up shop. He knows his role. He has to carry that team to the playoffs. And that's what he's doing. Like he's playing out of his mind. He's playing as the, you know, the best Paul George possible. Um, and that's what you want to see, right? How, how much wear and tear is that going to put on Paul George? Is he going to be able to get that team to the playoffs? I think so. So if they do get to the playoffs, I think Kawhi comes back for the playoffs and, and doesn't bother. You know, if they if they make the play-in tournament, I think you'll see Kawhi in the play-in tournament. Oh, first game in the play-in tournament, that'd be a dangerous, dangerous proposition, I think. 
Yeah, but I think it's, you know, why not? I mean, yeah. Uh, I feel like unless they draw the Lakers, too, like if they're in the play-in, like you got to feel pretty good about them making it and advancing. Like, I mean, you got to feel like either Memphis or Portland, someone else is going to be in there maybe, but I don't know. Like, aren't the Clippers, especially with Kawhi, much favored over any of those teams? I think so. Yeah, no. I think they, they they would they would make this it. This is over one of my favorite teams. part part of the parts of the year when looking at the standings because you should never look at the standings, but uh, this time of year. But we're like ten games in and just like seeing some teams like the Cavaliers are seventh in the East. The Bucks would be in the play-in just barely. The Celtics wouldn't even be in the play-in. Um, yeah, that's I, I find that humorous. So I like I like to look at the standings to have a nice laugh at the at the Celtics fans. And the um, Hawks, both teams out, not even in the playing right yeah. now. Yeah, and I'm actually really surprised that Charlotte's not in the playoffs. The East is strong this year. Um, five and five ain't gonna cut it, Charlotte. But I like Charlotte; they look good. Oh, well, Charlotte was what four? Were they four and one or five and one? Now they yeah, four and one. They and then they're one and four. Kind of skidded <laughs> off the side of the side of the map there. Um. We could maybe have this discussion some other day about like which of these teams are good, which of them aren't. Because like there's some teams with some records right now that I'm like I'm still not sure they're good, still not sure they're they're anything. And there's some other teams that I'm like oh, okay, I kind of believe that. Yeah, and I think the teams that I know, like I know, are good. The Miami Heat. They added Kyle Lowry, and everybody was like, "Oh, they'll be worse next year." What? That was, I don't I don't understand where that mentality came from. I kind of had them as just as good as last year. They're better than last year. Um, they are they are uh, monstrous on the on the defensive end. And Jimmy Butler is like you know one of the one of the best players in the league. Like he has already led a team to the finals. This team is better than that team, arguably. Um, and I think he could do it again. Philly, on the other hand, has not been healthy. They've had the big giant Ben Simmons drama, and they're eight and two. They look good. They're bit. They look deeper than I thought they were. Like a lot yeah, deeper. Some of those, some of those draft picks from some of them, even what three or four years ago that you forgot about, are actually finally coming and being key parts of rotation. The team I'm still not sure about is the Warriors. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. The, it's been really weird because you've seen a team that, you know, exclusively rely relies on Steph Curry being one of the greatest players of all time um, win games when he's having an off night. But they've played like, okay, you can say they beat the Lakers and the Clippers, but the Clippers Lakers aren't that good. <laughs> the Lakers, especially when it was their first game, you knew they weren't going to play that well. Then they beat yeah. the Clippers, which was good, but then they've beaten the Kings, Thunder, Lost to the Grizzlies, beat the Thunder again, beat the Hornets, beat the Pelicans, which the Pelicans may be the worst team right now. There's a lot of bad teams. The Pelicans. I don't are... know. Detroit might want to have a word with you. Ooh, I, that's that's a dogfight right there for worst team. Yeah. Good luck, guys, on who gets the uh, number one but then, overall so draft pick next year. They play the Rockets, the Hawks, the Timberwolves, and then your Bulls, and then the Hornets again. Like the the schedule doesn't really get that much tougher for a while for the Warriors. So like the Warriors could race out to this like outstanding start. And I'm still not 
sure if we're going to know if they're good. Yeah, I actually don't know if most of these teams are good, right? Like, it does seem the parody this year. Like, I'm surprised Dallas is six and three. Like, I'm, I, I haven't seen them put together like a really strong, in my opinion, strong game. Like, I haven't seen them putting, you know, like their offense is not clicking uh, at, at the moment. Uh, the Nuggets, obviously, uh, there's something going on with Michael Porter Jr. There, re- there truly is something going on there, and I think we should talk about that. Um, weirdly, the the Blazers and the Kings are hanging around. The Timberwolves are three and five, but I feel like the Timberwolves kind of look better than they always than they have in the past. And they're three and five, so like it's a very confusing year for certain. Well, Porter Jr. suffered that back injury on Saturday night, and he's had a lot of back injuries in the past, so I'd be concerned about that for sure. Yeah, so we I think we kind of pegged him as a buy low. We have a lot of you know, there's a lot of buy lows out there right now. But like Michael Porter Jr., I'm I'm a little sussed with like how he's not revert reverting back to the mean, right? And there's just that um very weird breakaway that he had in in the previous game that you probably everybody saw on Twitter, where he just like dogged a layup and then shrugged it off, like just shrugged and it looked like he was in pain, like that that's a bad sign. That's a, a terrible sign. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned Dallas. I'm not sure we know what Dallas is yet. For sure. I mean, they haven't played a. They don't know who they are. Yeah. They haven't played an exceptionally tough schedule, and Porzingis missed five games, and they did get the Luca Magic uh, on s- Saturday night there with that. Uh, we we could talk about how just incredible that shot was. I mean, three Celtics tried to guard him. He shot it. <laughs> he shot it anyway, and then but, made it. And then, yeah, it was just like, all right, see you guys later. It's been fun. The dumb, the dumb play of the day went to Marcus Smart, though. I love it. I love that Marcus Smart, <clears throat> the Bulls basically breaking the Celtics, Marcus Smart coming straight out and being like, these dudes don't pass the ball. Pass me the ball. I do more than just stand in the corner. And then, like, he just, like, loses the game, basically, for them. Like, Marcus Smart, I, I think, is, like, running his mouth off a little too much for the – He's a good defender, right? But like the quality of play he's playing, uh, season is not great. Credit to Marcus Smart for kind of. I mean, Jason Tatum got them back in that game with his offense, but it was Marcus Smart like picking up Luca full court and them kind of yeah. trapping that the got Boston back in that game. That's what he's good for. Um. So credit to him for that. But yeah, I, I wouldn't I, pass him the ball. I feel like the West, and I think people have been saying this, right? Like it's just not as deep as it's been. And so, like, everyone keeps trying to, like, be all concerned about Dallas and all the Dallas fans are always, you know, saying, oh, they're not good. They're not good. Like, aren't they one of the four or five best teams in the West regardless? Like, even if they're not that good, there's not that many teams that are good. Yeah. There's not a lot of, like, you just – with the injuries, with the Clippers and the the Nuggets, really, like, let's just – like, in the West, who's good? Utah's going to do what Utah normally does. Uh, Golden State has clay still yet to come back and they're they're scoring a bunch and i don't know if they're good phoenix is dealing with their owner being uh probably well they're all all the owners are probably racist but like this guy uh takes a cake uh it seems so they're going to be dealing with that media circus uh, also a hangover from you know going to the finals last year and then the, the rest of it's the rest of the rest of it's wide open in the west portland might have their own little drama brewing there with the uh, neil o'shea thing so yeah, they got problems up there. No surprise. <laughs> uh, the Lakers got problems because they are the Lakers and everyone's going to focus on uh, Westbrook. Just some of the, I was falling out of my 
chair watching mellow single-handedly just nail like play usa mellow ball nailing threes getting the lakers back into it just to see westbrook like throw the ball out of bounds turn it over and then try to take the last the last shot instead of passing it to carbello and just like clanking clanking a three off the side of the rim because he's garbage at shooting threes i i love it i love every second of how bad the lakers look i love every second about the Westbrook drama about like it's never worked. Like Westbrook is just kind of like his own entity. He's a lunatic. And what is this new Westbrook thing too, where like, he's not good until like a point in the season. And then all of a sudden, like he's unstoppable. Yeah. He's done this like four, three or four years in a row now. And that's months like, from now. Right. Like that's what I mean, where he like just starts off and he's like just super inefficient and like, chucking the ball and getting some numbers, but not being that good. And then like, he literally just goes into psycho mode, whatever you want to call it, like, and just goes insane. And then like has these crazy numbers in the second half where. In psycho mode is him doing everything, not him playing on a team. True. So is Le- Will LeBron or AD be like, yeah, of course, you could just go take over the game and we'll just sit around, stand in the corner for you, set screens for you while you try to win the game by yourself. Two dudes who have won a championship together, uh, two dudes who are remarkably better um, at this point, even, even in their careers, better than, um, I would say, overall than Westbrook is. So will they allow that to happen as their only way forward i highly doubt it lebron certainly won't yeah and that was i mean we, we talked about this we've been talking about this That's, that was the wild part about them choosing westbrook over someone like buddy healed or whoever else they could have gotten i mean yeah we, we, you we know would be really know. nice on the lakers buddy Heald, who had like eight three-pointers in a game the other day well and the weirdest part maybe of the whole offseason for the lakers wasn't to me getting Westbrook because I kind of understood that like Westbrook's a big name and whatever whatever it was ditching your identity as a as maybe the best defensive team in the league and picking up Westbrook well but not just Westbrook like a lot of guys who don't play a lot of defense like yeah like, let and their dudes go for a hodgepodge of weird veterans who are all on the tail end of their career or just don't fit that defensive mold Right. And that was, that was a strange part to me is like, okay, I get kind of wanting Westbrook because he can give LeBron a night off and he can do some crazy stuff and whatever, whatever, whatever. But like then to dump all your role players that were good defenders and go for what they have just never made a ton of sense to me. No, doesn't make sense to me either. Um, and that's why, I mean, I think this is a very interesting season and I right, much, so- much prefer an interesting season over, you know, just watching Steph and LeBron play in the, in the, in the finals again. Let's, let's wrap it with this uh, prediction. Maybe it's bold. Maybe it's not that bold um, about any single team at, after well, we've seen what about an eighth, uh, a, a ninth, an eighth of the season, right? Like a lot of teams have played 10 games. Some yeah. of them only still played nine. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there, right? We're over 10%. 
yeah, we're it's 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 enough to make a, a to have a view, right? It's it's a it's enough to where the noise is starting to uh, whittle away, right? Um, bold bold predictions. I don't know if it's a. Uh, I would say I don't know if I have a bold prediction, right? But um, yeah, like it kind of. I don't know, but. Boston's gonna like Boston does might not make the playoffs this year. That's fair. That's fair. They look That's fair. Sus. Like they look like I think the Bucks figure it out, right? Uh, I think Charlotte's good. I, I think the Raptors are actually not bad. Uh, what are the Hawks? And, and Cleveland's, to... Cleveland's not bad. Cleveland's uh, that now that's a big question to me. Is does the the Mobley marketing uh Allen experience at some point blow up in their face do teams figure that out they they certainly might and in a playoff series I would say they absolutely will right but is it enough night in and night out to get them into a play a play-in scenario and does that matchup just happen to work in that play-in game I'd say it's that that that's the odds and those odds are not bad fair 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 uh yeah, I don't know that I have a great bold prediction at this point. Um, I feel like nothing that I'm going to say is that bold because I think, like we mentioned, a lot of these teams just aren't – they're not running away with it, right? Like, I will say this. I think Philly, like, despite being 8-2, and two, probably ends up, like, fifth in the East. I would say that's kind of bold because I, I think they're, they're kind of the team to beat right now they're they're always at the kind of the they're always at the well, top of the east. i don't know it's Can them we... it's them bucks in the heat and philly is winning if milwaukee games and gets playing a player well. player other than Giannis to play in a game they they might quickly become the team to beat sure uh i'm i i can buy in on that but like the sixers were great last year they look pretty great this year and it's kind of weird for people to be like shocked that, you know, Oh man, wait, like Philly's playing really well. Like, Oh my God. Like, I can't believe they're so good. It's just like, what are you talking about? Like they're a really good team. Like Joel Embiid's like a top five player in the league. He can easily, he can single-handedly win you games. He has, he, uh, he, he's basically won those games against the bulls. But that's why, that's why I think they're going to be fifth. Cause I think at some point Joe misses two weeks, three weeks. Cause well, he, it always happens. Right. It always does happen. And that's where those role players are going to have to step up. And since we wanted to talk about the waiver wire, those are kind of some of the guys I've been seeing on the waiver wire here for on Yahoo when I've been looking at who's being picked up, who's being dropped, et cetera. And I wanted to start with the the role players that are uh, in Tobias Harris's absence, getting some more minutes, putting some decent games together. Um, Let's start with uh, your boy. Firkin Korkmaz. Why, why is he my boy? I thought you love Firkin. <laughs> um, I have no strong it's feelings. Firkin playing uh, pretty well. <laughs> I have no strong feelings either way about Mr. Korkmaz. Um, yeah, he's a fine streamer. I'm not sure that I'm picking him up and holding him, even with Tobias Harris out. I mean, like, what is he doing that's separating him from anybody else other than? Producing good percentages, but his percentages in the past have not been so good. 
like I look at what he's capable of in the minutes that he's playing, and he's a solid, like solid streamer, solid pick. I would say pick up while Tobias is out. Like just hang around at the end of your bench, kind of pick up somebody that you can easily drop when a better person comes along. But I I, I do I do like the the scoring, rebounding, and the steal. Like it's that's nice. Like it's some good threes, and he's gonna play. Yeah, I mean, in at the end of any league, the end of any roster in pretty much any league, like getting a guy like Cork Mass that's gonna play minutes and do some things that are interesting is is always a plus because I feel like there are so many people owning guys like I don't know, just like dudes who can do just one thing. And sure that one thing might be helping you, but if they're scoring four points and getting you no rebounds and no assists, like he's not helping you that much. That's fair. I would say he's got um, like statistically a very similar player also playing solid minutes for uh, the Sixers. And I'm not talking, this is not gorgeous Diang. This is George's Niang, Tyler. So sometimes Michael will try to tell me about one of these two players. And I'm so confused about which one he's talking about, because I don't know, maybe it's your Midwestern twang or something, but like they, that when you say these two names, they come out sounding exactly the same. I, 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 I like George's name. He's uh he's a little spicy. Uh, so the Sixers, he was on a podcast. Uh, really? That I, was, that I was listening to and I cannot remember. Can we get him on our podcast? We might be able to. He's done a podcast before. All right. Um, and he was saying that like the Sixers basically like went out and wanted him. Um, they were like contacting him like immediately as soon as free agency opened and stuff. And so, um, shout out to the Sixers for finding a little uh, a little gem here that hadn't played very much. And I mean, I guess he played in all seventy two games last year for the Jazz, but only sixteen minutes. They've been giving him a little bit more opportunity. He is a a great three point shooter. I mean, he's shooting over forty percent for his career. It's nice. Um, there's not going to be a lot else though. Like he's going to be points and threes. That's probably about it. Yeah. It does feel like a very similar type of ordeal where the opportunity is there, but which one of these guys, if you had to roster, uh, either Korkmaz or Niang for the rest of the season, which one of these guys do you think kind of like takes over the, uh, the role, um, gets the most minutes basically for the 76ers? Good question. Do either one of them get that many minutes when when they get fully healthy here? And here's the weird part about the Sixers, right? Like right now, Tobias Harris is out. Danny Green's out. So there's two other stars. Tybal's out. And then you got the whole Ben Simmons thing. So guessing which Sixer is going to play, like eventually there's got to be a Simmons trade, right? And I I actually wrote this uh, in an an article just just the other day. It's like, we don't really know what the Sixers are going to look like once they make that trade because they clearly want to contend. So what are they going to get back for Simmons? They're going to obviously get back some sort of pieces. They're going to help them win now. Right. Yeah. They're going to want solid playoff ready role players. Yeah. So where they add them, like I mean, Yang's more of like a forward, whereas Cork Moss is more of a, a wing or a guard. So if they add another guard, right, then Cork Matt's probably not going to play that much. Niang might play more than him. Um, so if I'm going to guess on which guy plays more, I'm going to go with Niang, but with the caveat that 
the moment Ben Simmons gets dealt, that all, that, all bets are off. Yeah, that conversation can be turned on its head pretty quick. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the other big names coming, either coming back or show, suddenly showing up. Uh, but these are the big ads uh, that we're seeing on Yahoo over the last few days. Um, and let's start with, this is your boy, actually. Davion Mitchell, getting some play, getting picked up in quite a few leagues. I've been talking about him for a while. We've been talking about him since the beginning of the season. Had a couple of good games, Michael, after you said, well, what's he going to do? It's a crowded crowded court. It's a crowded court, and he's playing his way onto it, which is what uh, I thought he would not be able to do, but he is, and I, I I, I stand corrected. Um. If you want to win, and let's face it, like Luke Walton's job's probably on the line this year. Certainly is. Like if you're gonna keep your job, you gotta win, and it's time for him to win. And if you want to win, you gotta play defense. Davion Mitchell is already, I don't know, I won't, I won't couch it with a number, but a good perimeter defender with the potential to be one of the best perimeter defenders, maybe in the league at some point. Right? He's very good. Yeah. And he just gets after it. He competes hard. Like, um, and so I think they have to play him because Terry's Halliburton, his defense kind of comes and goes. Aaron Fox defense kind of comes and goes, Buddy healed maybe doesn't play any defense. No offense to buddy. Um, Facts. So you need Mitchell in there stopping somebody. And especially, I mean, look at the West. You can say what you want about the teams not being good, but every single one of them has a outstanding ball handler. And you need someone to stop it at the point of attack, and Davion Mitchell can do that. So, um, I, like I, I mentioned this, I think, the last time when we talked about him, like he's just got to play minutes because they want to win and they need him to win. What was that? Yeah, and he's – I mean, he's 23, so he's not like young, 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 but he like he's not like the youngest rookie on the on the on the market or anything like that. But um, he's super young; like he's still got a lot of growth um, ahead of him. I once again just don't know where where he takes enough of a leap in order to become someone I want to roster for the long term. Streaming, yes, I'm in. Right. But like he doesn't have he's not going to have elite scoring and shooting. He's not going to, you know, run the point. So he's not going to get those assists. He's going to be a really solid role player until, you know, something changes in Sacramento. So even getting these like, you know, 26, 28 minutes a game, that's great. That's really nice. Um, There's some decent, you know, assists and scoring that, that, that you're getting from him. But I just don't – I don't think his ceiling is ever going to be the top 50. Well, are we talking just this year or ever? I mean, ever. ever. I'm talking about ever. Mm, potentially not. It depends. This is the weird part about, about good perimeter defenders. Some of them, it doesn't translate into stats. Yes. Right? Like, they don't get a ton of steals, and they don't get a ton of blocks, and they're just, like, good at checking their man and basically making him give the ball up, but not, like, actually stealing the ball from them, right? So, that, I guess, is the big question for Mitchell even having a chance to be in the top 
50 at any point in his career is, is he a one steal guy? Is he a 1.5 steal guy? Is he a two steal a game guy? He was a really high steal guy um, in college. That doesn't always translate to the NBA. So I guess that's kind of the question there. What, and this is what I'm, I'm, I was, I was trying to look up as you were talking, like, I'm trying to feel like a good comp for what I see him as this year. He's probably like, uh, 12-ish points. Okay. So like, good, good, but not great. Right. And like, I mean, that's below average. Like that's not. Uh, not good not bad well, with not the good. way with the way the league is right now i would say that's probably somewhere around average if you're going like good average or poor i would say that's probably around average because scoring's down quite a bit okay um so he's there probably like four four and a half assists like that's what i'm saying like again like maybe a little above average but not a ton the questions then is the rebounds and the steals, right? Like, can he get the rebounds? Can he get the steals? But guys are owning like Shake Milton right now, right? He's like the 104th ranked player. Hashtags per game rankings. His, here's his stat line. You ready for it? Yeah. 11 po- 11.7 points, four rebounds, 3.8 assists, one steal, 0.3 blocks. Pretty good percentages, but no real volume. Like, I get Mitchell's not going to have those percentages, but, like, if you're not caring about your percentages, like, can't he score more than 11.7 and get you four and a half assists and three rebounds and a steal and be that? Like, I could see him being a top 100 player this year if you eliminate the percentages. Okay. that's I mean, that is as someone who's sitting on a lot of waiver wires right now, that's enticing, right? He's only yeah. rostered in 29% of leagues on Yahoo. And here's the, the thing that's the makes him better than that, like just barely inside the top 100 player, is he averaged 1.9 steals a game and one and a half steals a game in his last two college seasons. If he can get up to like one and a half, isn't he like – He's TJ McConnell-ish from last year. Yeah, that becomes a lot more interesting, right? And I think that's it's all going to hinge on those steals and how much of the offense he gets to run. So the assistant steals really are the, the, the thing I'm going to start watching if they start putting him in a place or in a role that allows him to get those assists. Then I'm interested in putting him on the end of my bench. But not until then. Because I think there's a handful of other players, uh, some of which are some, uh, some of our old favorites. And I want to get your quick take on the returns of, of these players. Uh, Nerland's Noel is back. Yeah, no, we know what Nerland's is nowadays, don't we? Like, but Nerland's is fun, and Nerland's is a standard league player. Nerland's gets blocks, like, in the steals. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, no matter the role, he's good for stealing a block. The dude gets it in, like, 10 minutes a game. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And he played 24 minutes against Milwaukee. Uh, had 13 rebounds and had three steals and a block. Uh, if Mitch Robinson is going to be up and down with minutes, playing time, a foul trouble, Ernest Noel is still going to be standard league relevant. He's only rostered in 61% of leagues. I would say if Nerlens Noel is on your waiver wire, go pick him up. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, he's going to be good. He's going to, he's a three category guy, he steals blocks and rebounds. That's what well, you're going to get. If you need them, get them. Here's another steals blocks guy who due to the injury with, uh, or I guess a uh, portal is sitting out and now Thadjik Young is back. He's, he's actually playing. Yeah. And like as a small ball five too, because they literally have like drew Eubanks as their only actual center left on the roster with Podol and the health and safety protocols. Uh, I, I love that as, um, as a small ball five. Like I, I think that's a great role for him because he oh, can play, he can play that role. Oh, for sure. He's he, I mean, Rebound, steals, some decent points. Like, Thad Young's good. Short-term, are you picking up Noel? Short-term, Noel or Thad? Uh, Noel, but if I need a little more scoring, like, you want Thad. Long-term, I think you got to go Noel because we've seen the, the start with the Spurs. They could have been playing Thad Young. They weren't, which was very baffling. Not trying to win those games, Michael. Yeah, that is fair. Though, I, DeJounte Murray, who looks – like he's uh, turning into Shea Gilders Alexander at this point. Um, DeJounte Murray did kind of call out that um, he didn't understand why, why Thad Young wasn't playing. He's like, we need Thad Young. We can need his decision-making. We need his presence on the floor. He's He's got a lot of game to give. Like he, he kind of called out – I don't know if he's calling out Pop a little bit, but I think he's 100% right. Oh, for sure. Uh, and you, you got to wonder what that, you know, Pop is um, one of the greatest coaches of all time. And quite frankly, if he's like, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather have a good draft pick because <laughs> the long-term is what's more important. Um, you know, I, I would, I would trust, I would trust that instinct. Yeah, for sure. The biggest pickup in the last few days has been a guy who hasn't played one single game this season, Tyler. Serge Ibaka is back from w- w- wherever he went. I think just uh, resting his back. I-, I don't think he went anywhere. Probably still in LA. Um, and Serge Ibaka immediately becomes a very interesting um, and immediate immediate need for the Clippers, and also a very interesting player who is standard league relevant when he plays starters minutes. So his first game is Sunday against the Hornets, who feels like Ibaka is a good matchup for against the Hornets. So if he's going to play, and I'm sure he'll be, you know, weaned in, which could be a minute's limit, I assume. Um, If Ibaka is on your, I guess, waiver wire right now, only rostered in 19% of leagues in Yahoo, is he he a must pick up, or are you waiting to see what happens? Well, let's throw this on the table. Last season, in 23 minutes a game, he averaged 11.1 points, 6.7 rebounds, and 1.1 blocks with the three per game. Okay. On good, on good percentages. Like, I feel like Ibaka is a pretty safe guy. He's going to yep. get you a block. He's going to get you, you know, 10, 11 points. And they actually need some scoring. So, would mm-hmm. it be crazy for us to see him scoring like 13, 14, 15 a game? I don't think it would. And if he's going to play like 27 minutes, he probably gets you like eight rebounds too. So um, it's going to be a slow start, but yeah, I'd pick a buck up. Yeah. I think I would too. Um, I, I think I went Noel over a though for those weird counting stats and Ibaka, We, we know Noel can do it. Yes. Is there anyone else, I guess, anyone else on the waiver wire before we talk about week four that, uh, that you wanted to talk about? 
Oh, should we do my fun player of the week? Let's get into it. It's Tyler's hot dude of the week sponsored by potato chips. We still got potato chips. We're still eating them. That's still a product. Potato chips. Um, so this is a guy we've maybe talked about before, but I still think he maybe is the most underrated rookie. Do you who's the most underrated rookie right now? Most underrated rookie? Everybody what? loves all these rookies, and I do too. I, I like Giddy. Um, he's been fun. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential. All the guys that everybody else knows, like Cade and the Jalen's and all that. So who's the most underrated? I mean, is it Cade? Oh, I don't know about that. I feel like I feel like Cade does anything, and people are like, "Oh my god, Cade!" Yeah, people are good. falling over themselves on on Twitter over over Cade right now. Yeah, like he makes like the simplest pass, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. There was like out. a yeah, there was some sort of a like man, his uh, pass, uh, his his playmaking and his uh, his uh, ability to read plays is uh, un- otherworldly. And I like the highlights were like. There was a guy wide open under the basket. He passed it to him. It's kind of like, yeah, I would fucking hope so. This guy might even, oh, no. Okay. He's like the, hmm, he's probably like the fourth highest rated rookie in fantasy right now, I'd say. Interesting. Who is it? Oh, come on. You're not even going to venture a guess? Alfred Sagoon? Oh, no. Although he is not that poorly rated, but not not anywhere near in the stratosphere. I I find Sagoon very interesting. Oh, Singoon is definitely very interesting. He's ranked 132nd in per game value on hashtag basketball.com. Playing how many minutes? 19.6. 19.6. It's not a lot. So, yeah, Singoon. Who is it? Herb Jones? No, Singoon. Bones Highland? Who's this guy you're thinking of? This guy's playing way more than that. This guy's playing 31 minutes a game. Io. It's Franz Wagner. Oh, we already talked about Franz Wagner, though. Yeah, but this is what I want to say about Franz Wagner, because this this might be changing your mind, Michael. Because I know you think you think he was bad, right? And you were like, oh, he's not. I didn't think he was bad. I just didn't think he was good. And he looks pretty good. He's had some uh, a few last few games. Um, You know, definitely a little shooting slump, but that's two games. I don't care about that. Here's what here's what I like. Steel. They have Over played steel. 10 games. He has had a steal in at least nine of them. That's nice. Right? So you like to see that. Now, he doesn't rebound, which you don't like. I don't like that. But he's consistently getting the shots because they are not good. And could we see him at some point this season averaging like 17 or 18 a game? These dudes need someone to score. They they do need somebody to score. I will say, he, I think he might be a better rebounder than we're giving him credit for, because I think Cole Anthony is like a little bit of a rebound stealer. This is the Westbrook and Steven Adams, like you box out and I'll grab the ball. Yes. Spreswell. Yeah, I think that's what's going on. I think I see Cole Anthony getting a lot of rebounds that I, uh, I don't know why Cole Anthony happens to be getting these rebounds. Here's the other thing that I will say about this team, right? They're still playing Terrence Ross, who you got to feel like they're trying to trade at some point, right? Yep. They're still playing Gary Harris 20 minutes a game. They're probably going to, are they going to move one of these 
front court guys? Are they going to move Carter Jr. or Bamba? I don't know. Are they going to try to build it? Build it with these two? Because it just doesn't feel like a good long-term strategy to have those two playing next to each other. I don't know. I don't know if Mo Bamba is really truly like a center. You know what I mean? Like he, they don't play him that way. He doesn't. He doesn't play that way either. He's hanging out by, behind the three-point. Yeah, but again, like they're getting killed in every game. Yeah, yeah, they look they look terrible. Which my point is like, if you can get something for Bamba, don't you do, do it? I I would think so. And so, at some point, this team could be running out like nobody, right? Except and that's your boy Franz Wagner. Well, that's what I'm thinking here, right? Like, and then Franz, right, goes from like 11 shots a game to like. 15 and now he's dropping like 17 18 at night and i think he's already the 103rd ranked player in per game value pretty good i think he could easily be in the top 75 okay wow well you heard it here first uh tyler's hot dude of the week is once again not hans but franz wagner uh, shout out to anyone who knows the Hans and Franz reference from SNL from the 90s. That means you're old, like I am. That uh, means we are both old men now. Yes. So go pick him up. Franz is out there. Here's a player I, I want to ask you about, too. Okay. Because I felt some people getting spicy on this guy, and I got tricked into this guy in a league myself. Okay. And now I'm wondering what I should do with this person. It is Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yes. Um, kind of like, a, you know, a lot of sleeper hype going into the season. Don't know what's going on in New Orleans. They look like the worst team, like you're saying, in the league. And there's a lot of people shooting poorly to start the season. But really, Alexander Walker takes the cake. He's like shooting 35%. Yeah, on field. 15 a game. Yeah. Like, it's one thing if you're shooting 35% on five yeah. a game. You know what? Shout out to him. He's not – he ain't afraid to shoot the ball. Well, but he, here's the other thing, too. For his career – do you know what his career field goal percentage is? This is third season already, Mike. He has taken exactly 873 field goal attempts. you know what his okay. career field goal percentage is? Quite a few. It's uh, I'm going to guess it's like 43, 44. 39.2%. Oh, oh no. Yeah, oh, so no. He, he's quickly approaching. If he plays 10 more games at the rate he's been shooting, he's going to have a thousand attempts at under 40%. That's not good. That's Marcus Smart uh, levels. Worse. It's worse because he's actually taking a bunch. Yeah. Marcus Smart's not shooting 15 times a game. And let's, let's go. I mean, like, let's go out and look at his, look at his numbers here, right? His games have been kind of bad. Like, there are, you know, games last season where he looked uh, pretty unstoppable, like 30-point games, eight rebounds. He's had a 14-rebound game this season. The steals are there. The blocks are not so much there. Um, I don't know. I don't, is this like – are we in like a Michael Kidd-Gilchrist situation here? Does he eventually lose favor as, as someone who start, or does he have enough defensive staying power to be on the court? This is my question because, like, if you look at just the six stats, right, just the six counters, okay, he's got two threes and 1.2 steals, which are both 
fine Good. numbers, right? That's fine. Thirteen point three points. Good, not great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Four four point eight rebounds. Okay, Good. not great, right? Yeah. Two point six assists is actually somehow a relatively neutral number. <laughs> so yeah, it's fine. Um, half a block. Also, not bad. Yeah, I like that. But so, what would you say if you just look at those six? What would you say that person's ranked in fantasy? That game value. sound so like with the the steals, nothing being terrible, nothing being good, and the steals being a little bit of a booster. This is like a 75, 80, 80 ranked player, I would say. Okay, now throw his percentages in. Now, granted, he does shoot okay from the free throw line, but it's one attempt a game, so he's not really getting any credit for that. Where do you think he ranks? Uh, knowing already that he's shooting 35 damn percent on volume i'm gonna go he's like 150 138 so he's he's basically outside the standard league right now not great unless you don't care about field goal and it's funny the person right next to him is doing the same thing it's mr d'angelo russell Uh aha and so it's like you know is he d'angelo russell like someone who can get you some counters but well, D'Angelo Russell's going to give me some assists, though. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is like, do I want Alexander Walker on my team? Am I better off just cutting him right now? If you are a punt field goal team, he's basically ensuring that you are going to lose that category. So you're not, like, competing at all in there. And on top of that, what he's giving you when you ignore his field goal percentage, as I look here on uh, hashtag basketball's rankings, as I remove field goal and turnover from uh, the equation, right? Um, Alexander Walker is still like the 78th ranked player. It's very mediocre stats with good steals. Do you, can you find one points to like, wouldn't you rather have Kevin Porter Jr.? who gets you steals and, and, and more assists who, and does everything else pretty much the same. No less blocks, I guess. And that's it. That's my point. It's like, I have contemplated cutting him in leagues just because I'm like, he's killing me so much in field goal. And he's like, nothing else is anything where I'm like, Oh yeah. man, this is so good. I got to have his, like if it's 20 points a game and he's shooting 35%, you're kind of going like, ah, well, at least he's giving me 20 a game. Yeah. Right. But he's not. But it's 13, and you're like, can't I just, like, stream that spot and cobble together 13 points on, like, 45% shooting? Might be time to to admit that he is a streamer. And here's the other thing. Like, even in the streaming class, it's dicey. Because yeah, what, are you, what are you streaming there, right? Do, would you rather stream him or Sadiq Bey? Well, here's the other thing, too. He could win you like, okay, let's say you need points. It's a Sunday, you need points. He could win you points, but lose you field goal because he shoots so many on such terrible volume. Yeah. That you didn't get net zero there because you tried to gain a points category. And yeah, he gave you 14, but he shot it 22 times. And so you tanked your field goal. And <laughs> and what, what, what can you not find on the waiver wire that he provides? Like even the even combination of stats, right? One point two steals and two three pointers. Let's let I, I'm gonna go venture into the into the weeds. Devin Vassell, one point four steals and one point seven three pointers. Yep. 
Oh, for sure. I like Devin Vassell. To me, he's one of the guys I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, you know, definitely streaming uh, here as we get into week four. Um, yeah, I think you're making a good point here. Alexander Walker is on the shit list at this point and potentially should be con- considered a, a borderline waiver wire player. I, 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 I th- I, I'm giving him another week or so just to see what happens because we're still in the small sample size theater, but he is on my shit list. Here's the I don't, I don't really have too much. I don't have any Alexander Walker stock actually, so I, I don't have to worry about it. But well, here's can. the here's the other thing that I'll say about him. Um, the moment Zion comes back, we have no idea when that is. Mm-hmm. Like if they're gonna try to win a game, I think he's one of the first guys that has to be gone, like either out of the rotation or just somewhere on the bench playing 10, 15 minutes a game. Yep, hundred percent. Like. You just can't – I don't think you can win with him. I mean, let's face it. Like, he has two positive plus-minus games on the season. That's, that's terrible. And every other <laughs> every other game, they've been outscored with him on the floor three times by more than – or yeah, three times by more than 15 points in his 28 to 30 minutes a game. I don't, I don't like that, Tyler. I don't like that at all. Um, going into week three – or week four, you should definitely be taking that into account. Week four – Kind of a, we usually have our nice spread out week where, you know, there's not too many uh, piled in games. Wednesday, 13 games. Friday, 11 games. Your rosters are going to be, you know, theoretically, your rosters could be full. So Tuesday, Thursday, only three games. Saturday, Sunday, seven. Uh, Monday, eight. You're really going to get your, your, uh, you're not going to get a lot of back to backs, I think. You know, Monday, Tuesday is a good back to back to pay attention to. But Tuesday, Thursday, Thursday, Saturday. Or Thursday, Sunday, that's really the, the, the pseudo back-to-backs that you need to pay attention to because I think Wednesday, Friday, you're going to be able to um, – you're not going to be able to fit anybody into your to your starting lineup. Um, and also, we have Orlando and Washington only playing two games this week. True. Uh, get, get those Sixers guys we talked about. They play Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday all on later scheduled days. Um, so you should be able to throw them in your lineup. Clippers also play four times on late schedule days. Um, and the Jazz have that Tuesday, Thursday back-to-back if you're looking for kind of one pickup and trying to get a couple games out of it. Yep. I think you're not going to see Tobias Harris this week. Uh, all, all signs point to that. The, uh, the way COVID hit him was kind of uh, hard and difficult. So I, I think it's going to be a little bit – they're going to take a lot of precaution there. So, you know, um, you can get George's Niang. Get him in there. Yeah, that's four starts right there for uh, even though he's kind of like uh, just going to get you some points and some threes and maybe some rebounds. That's still worth it. Um, is there, I would say like, is there anything we should like point out in week four? Because it does seem like Jalen Brown might not, uh, might not play his, uh, his, the full slate this week. He didn't play against Dallas. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, they sent him home. Ooh, that's not good. And um, he could miss, quote, weeks, says NBC Sports. Oh, that's really not good. Um, so last night after, at one or yesterday at one o'clock, uh, Coach Imeo Duco says, quote, we'll know more tomorrow about the severity and length of time or whatever. They're a little different with everybody. And so depending on the grade of the strain, it could be anywhere from a week to two weeks, depending on the person. I don't like that at all, but I do like that for if Dennis Schroeder is hanging around on your waiver wire. 
Yeah, they started Schroeder. Um, Josh Richardson played fairly well in that game. Maybe yep. he was just trying to get some revenge against Dallas. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like Schroeder, Schroeder's a guy too that like when given the opportunity to do stuff, he scores, gets assists, and always is a decent rebounder for a smaller guard. Yeah, he's kind of nice. I think uh, the playing time is uh, is there. Do not pick up Neesmith, Preeton Pritchard, or Grant Williams, though. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think there's any need to do that. Um, let's see. What's Boston's slate look like this week? It's a good question. Um, they, they are Toronto playing... on Wednesday, Milwaukee on Friday. So they're playing the big, the big nights. And then yeah. uh, Saturday against Cleveland. At Cleveland, second of a back-to-back, too. So you don't love that. You don't love that slate. So I'd probably keep. Uh, those guys on the wire, unless you want Schroeder, and Schroeder's gonna be good, so I mean, that's fine. But again, like, do you pick up Schroeder or tr- make a trade for Schroeder? Like, does he fit in your lineup with yeah. that many games going? He like, might not. not. He so. might not. You might not have any room for him. So you know, I would definitely say focus on those off uh, nights instead. Uh, another thing I'm gonna be watching this week as we get into week four, uh, I'm gonna be watching Memphis. I, I want to see. If uh, Bain or Melton, um, if, if Dylan Brooks does come back, which I think is slated for either this week or next week, um, which one of those guys gets the bump? We might not know until, uh, you know, he gets a few games under his, under his belt, though. Memphis plays a, a fairly um, easy schedule this week, too. They have three home games, and then they play at the Pelicans. Um, so yeah, I think we're gonna get a, get a look at Brooks at some point this week, and we'll see what they do with that rotation. I feel like it's gonna be Brooks over Milton, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't know why Milton can't get a. He just seems so. He seems so good. Maybe there's just something I'm missing on a on a night to night basis. So as a person who sometimes does deep dives on players, um, you can see a lot by just like if you really focus on just watching a player um, like individual games of his, just watching him the whole time. And I've never done this with D'Anthony Melton, so I will not speak to it, but maybe, maybe if I have some time this week, Mike, I'll, I'll yeah, do a research project just for you. That's your homework assignment. Tell me why D'Anthony Melton doesn't get played more. Um, Anthony Davis left the game on Saturday. He always ends the leaves games. Uh, apparently a stomach illness, but I guess I, I don't know if I trust that LeBron's still out. Lakers are kind of a huge mess. Uh, any anything to pick up from the Lakers? Lakers record this week. Do you want to know who they play? Let's hear it. They play all home games: Charlotte, Miami, Minnesota, Spurs. Oof. Then they play the Bulls, so it's a back-to-back Sunday, Monday. Let's go Bulls. Bulls, Bulls are on next week, though. So um, record this week of the four games. How many did the Lakers win? LeBron is petty. He'll be back for that uh, Bulls game. Uh, the I think they're not beating Miami. I think Charlotte probably gets them. The Spurs can get them. Minnesota can get them too. I'd say they only won one this week. Oh no, dude! I'm saying I'm saying they beat the Spurs, especially if Poto's out because Anthony Davis will murder them. If Anthony Davis is there, yeah, but it's just a stomach thing. So I mean, that's what they're I, saying. I'm saying Lakers two and two this week. Very sus. Pay attention to that one. They do play Wednesday, Friday, so I don't think there's anything truly to gain 
from some of the role players if both like LeBron and Anthony Davis are out. Uh, also, I don't really want any of those role players. Even Plus, but some of those other guys got to be coming back at some point soon, right? Like none and you would think. Like they gotta be. They just have to be. I uh, I'm uh, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> well, don't hold your breath, Mike. You might die. No, absolutely not. I think that's it for um this uh, this episode. I think that's it for week four. Preview. Game of the week. Game of the week. Do you know Do you know what game I'm gonna say? Oh no, I don't. It's a showdown this week, Michael. Finally, a showdown. Are you excited for this? Game, this is definitely the game of the week. So no, let me hear the game it. of the week. It is your Chicago Bulls. Excellent. That's the game of the week every week. Hosting. In the Katrin household. Well, they're hosting Brooklyn on Monday, which might be your game of the week. But my game of the week on Wednesday, they're hosting Dallas. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. Yeah. I might go to that game. You should. That's at home. Yeah, that's at home. Wednesday at eight o'clock, Michael. Bulls tickets well, are hard to, o'clock, your time. Bulls tickets are hard being are much harder to get here in Chicago than they have been in a long time. <laughs> that's because the Bulls are actually good. That's They're the only happens. only good sports team in the damn city, um, which is shocking. Maybe not. Maybe that's not that shocking. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to week four with the Bulls as always, and I'm, I'm looking forward to week four with fancy basketball as well. And if you what more advice follow us on twitter you can find me at watch the boxes you can find tyler at tyler p watts or you can s- support the show by going to just like sam indicott did I, I hope i say in that name right the cop man cop man 5000 cop man 3000 i don't know i'm just making shit up at this point uh shout out to sam who is our newest patreon patreon.com slash watching the boxes thank you for supporting the show sam and if you want to support the show, you can go there or you can go to twitch.tv slash watching the boxes and subscribe to the Twitch channel. Um, even though I still haven't figured out what I want to do on Twitch yet. So if you have any ideas, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Tyler P. Watts at watching the boxes for me. I think that's it for week four. As we get into it, uh, we'll be doing, uh, bringing you another podcast on uh, what's going on around the league in the middle of next week. But until then, uh, enjoy your week, the rest of your weekend. And stay safe. We'll see you next time.